Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as you say. I like that. I like that one too. That was mine. (laughs) That was mine. Hi, 50-ishers. It's Mel and Trish. Welcome back to this week's episode of Don't Give a 50. It's a podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and just don't give a 50 like us. Massive thank you to everyone who tuned in last week for our first episode of 2022. It would be awesome if you could keep the love coming our way. Remind your friends we're back. Tell your fellow 50-ishers about us. Share our podcast and encourage them to subscribe. Today, we are 50 and thrilled to be chatting to the very awesome 50-ish Kerry Pothast. Kerry is Australia's most decorated indoor and beach volleyball player, having represented our country for an incredible 20 years. She has competed in three Olympic Games, winning bronze in Atlanta and then famously the gold at Sydney in 2000. Since retiring, she has forged a successful career as a highly sought-after inspirational speaker, presenter, entrepreneur and published author. She shares her gold medal excellence strategies with corporate audiences to inspire them on their own journey to success and as a highly sought-after motivational speaker engages her audience with powerful messages to take away and create their own success. Her service to sport in Australia was recognised with an Order of Australia medal and induction into the Sports Australia Hall of Fame. Kerry balances her thriving professional life with a busy home life with her gorgeous 15-year-old son. Hello and welcome to Don't Give a 50 Awesome Kerry. Hi, Kerry. So Hi. Lovely thank, thank you so much for having me. I love the, the intro, the 50-ish. That's yeah. really yeah, yeah. nice. I like that. Yeah, we well, do. we're not ages. Also, <laughs> yes, exactly. And I've also got a couple of other people at home that I need to, to recognise. My new dog, Gigi, and my cat, Bolt. 
Okay. Oh, and you know what? We yeah. are big animal lovers. I love dogs and cats. You so do, much. Trish. I do. You, you I do. are. You are. I am the weirdo <laughs> on the Instagram sending everyone the funny cat memes. <laughs> Love it. We'll absolutely laugh out loud and the kids are going, what are you looking at? And I'll show them the cat and they go, oh, mum, really? Mm. But still, it's the little bits of joy in life. It's the little things. Mm. The little it's things. the little things. And I, I got a little COVID puppy. So, you know, oh, when you're in lockdown, you've got that's an extra. That's a good idea when you're in lockdown. Busy. Yeah, that <laughs> was a long one. I've heard all of these stories about people who get the puppies in lockdown and now that life's going back to normal and we're out and about, there's all these puppies suffering this major separation <laughs> anxiety because they're not used to being home alone. Is that true? Yeah, probably true, but I'm lucky because I don't oh, have I a nine-to-five job. Home, yeah. So yes. yeah. I knew that I'd be at home regardless, you know. Yeah. Off and on, obviously, I go out of home sometimes. I do leave the house. Occasionally, <laughs> <laughs> we've got a litter at the moment of cattle dog pups. We're on a farm, and they're six weeks old at the moment. The teeth have come through. They're running riot, tearing the garden apart. So that's fun. Eight of them. So beautiful. Good. All right, you two. Yeah. So as much as I'd love to talk about that, because I don't have animals, Kerry. See, so there you Kerry, go. I, I tend to go off track. Very yeah, <laughs> I want to talk about you. Yes, <laughs> we're here to talk about you. So let's deep dive. Yeah, cool. Kerry, that is such an amazing bio. After achieving amazing success, like some of us could only ever imagine, winning Olympic medals and the pinnacle of gold medal at the Sydney Olympics, I imagine the feeling obtained by extraordinary achievements like those would be difficult to replicate or replace later in life. What does success look like to you now and how do you satiate that, is that a word, satiate? Satiate, <laughs> I just made up a new word, that hunger for winning and success that drove you to such great heights in your career? I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of meat and potatoes in that question. Yeah. First of all, like, it's, it's not even hard to replicate. It's, just, it's not just that is hard. It's also hard to talk about how incredible that moment was at the Sydney 2000 Games. You know, so many people say to me, oh, what was it like? And it's like, well, God, have you got a few hours? Oh, exactly. Um, because, you know, the actual moment when, you know, the whistle blew and, and we won the gold medal in front of 10,000 people and all our family and oh friends. Oh, gosh, it just and, got know, complete goosebumps. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That moment was pretty surreal and it's like every single emotion you could possibly feel except for, I guess, anger. There was nothing to be angry about. But everything else. You know, um, it was ecstatic that moment when we realised that, you know, what we'd worked so hard for, mm. and it wasn't just the last year or the last even four years. I mean, I'd been working, I was 35 when I won gold, so I'd been playing volleyball for 20 years, 10 wow. years indoor. Then I wrecked my knee, went through a really serious knee injury, came back, tried to go back to the indoor um, courts, but then couldn't, and that's why I switched to beach. So then another 10 years of beach before I even got there. So I didn't dream about that throughout that whole time it was just step by step so now trying to kind of replicate that in in life after sport it's just like I don't know I guess in me it's just intrinsic that I want to do my best at whatever I do so whether it's bringing up my new puppy um, you know being the best new puppy mum bringing up my son Yep. Playing table tennis with a friend. Uh, the other day when, <laughs> I have a friend just like you. Yeah, yeah. There's a win in everything. Big, <laughs> yeah, it's not, and it's not just about 
about winning. It's about actually just doing my best. So if I don't win and I'm playing a great game, that's good yes, enough for me. Yes, exactly. Um, it's that internal challenge that, just to yeah, do the best you can. That's that also for, for learning still. So I was playing, I was at the driving range with a friend who is a golf coach and, I, and I'd never been coached in golf. People told me I had a reasonably good swing, you know, at all the charity days that I've played. And so he started coaching me and he was really surprised at how keen I was to learn and how I was able to implement his teachings really quickly. So I guess I love to, to be good at what I'm doing. I'm interested in getting better all the time. So that you, you put you can put that in anything in life, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's that's that. how it's I was the in that curiosity, way. isn't it? The curiosity mm. of how things work, how can I can make it better. Reminds me like my husband, I love snow skiing, so I've skied for years. And, you know, I'm not brilliant, but I can make my way down a black run okay and if I get stuck somewhere, it's all okay. So he's probably skied four times and now he is right on my heels because he's that person. He's the person that looks at it, breaks it down mechanically, looks at how it works and then structures it back together and is determined to get it right. So it's like that with every little area of your life, isn't it? Okay, I'm going to mm. – I'm not going to let this beat me. There's a way to do this. People do it well and I'm going to work out how and then I'm going to do it. But what you've yeah, got, well, Kerry, I think is you've got – sorry to interrupt you. You've got that with the breaking it down but then being able to remain calm under extreme pressure. So when you're yeah. at match point, I get nervous – watching people play sport. Like I watched you that day and, you know, everybody was behind you. You and Natalie, it was just amazing. But you just go, oh, my God, the pressure, the pressure. So yeah. you've got that two well, sides to your personality there. Yeah, well, the, the pressure is, is really how, like, it's a mental thing, right? So you can either let the pressure affect you and distract you and, and distract you from being the best you can be or you can use it as an advantage and, you know, to push you. And that's what Natalie and I talked about and we did mentally we wrote it down you know we were going to use the pressure of, of the crowd behind us where other athletes halted because of that pressure but we wanted to use that pressure for them to help push us up onto the podium that's how we kind of envisaged what the crowd was going to do for us instead of feeling like oh my god you know the crowd they're all hoping we're going to win and you know we're going to let them down if we make a mistake and the very first game that's how it felt so as we built up to the final that's how we started to think because we'd done a lot of work before that with pressure and with our mindset and around how to turn things around and how not to be focused on all the negative things that were going on or the, the mistakes we were making or the games we were losing. We did a lot of work on that. So whatever was thrown at us on that day or in that week of the Olympics, we were able to deal with, even though it's been totally new sort of stuff because we've never played in front of 10,000 Australians screaming every time we won oh, a point and imagine. feeling sorry yeah. for us every time we lost a point it was like oh and we're like oh so sorry sorry everybody you know so we've never felt that before but because of the work we've done in the lead up to strengthen the ability to turn those things around and be really resilient in the moment we were able to deal with that and that's critical. then I get it's funny because I used everything I learned um last year when I was asked to go on SAS Australia, and, and a lot of your listeners will, will remember that, especially if they're women in their 50s. Absolutely. They would have dialed straight in and gone, oh, my God, she's my age. Um, and I remember being asked to go on that and I was going to say no and then all my juices inside me just went, oh, I can't say no. It's, an, it's, a, it's a challenge. It's crazy. But 
if, if I said no then, I'd never get an opportunity to do it again. And I knew that I was at risk of hurting myself. I knew it. Um, and I did hurt myself, as everyone knows, because I came out with a pretty bad knee and it's still not great a long time after. But at the time, the minute I said yes and then the minute literally that I signed the contract, I went to into gold medal mindset like territory. I'm like, like, right, who do I need on my team? Which therapist do I need? How often am I going to train? Who's going to be my PT, my massage therapist? I wrote it all down. Oh. And I one by one, I started to build my team and then I started to double down on my training. Oh. Then I was really aware of my nutrition. What am I eating? I need to fuel my body. My body's like a car. I just need to put good oil in it, good petrol in it, keep it running. And I did absolutely everything I needed to do to get to the start line. And even in leading into the start line, I had two massive hiccups where I, I hurt my knees and I had to go into hospital and had my knees drained. Oh. Um that was only a few weeks before and it was like looking like I wasn't going to get there. Oh, and the backstory even- is extraordinary. And I do wonder whether some of the younger contestants actually went through that amount of preparation. I bet they didn't. And this is one of the benefits, I think, or one of the great things about being pushing ourselves in midlife is that we know mm. that, like, well, you, not we, <laughs> I'm not putting myself in the same category oh, as I you. I think you might be. <laughs> I think but you, you But yeah. you, you I knew think that. Everybody should yeah, yeah. Well, probably, yeah, yeah. Some of the height stuff. Just, I don't know. I like, think, <laughs> well, I'm pretty normal. Like, I don't think I do anything, or I'm any any more extraordinary than any other woman. It's just that I've been able, from what I've experienced, I've been able to work out. I think resilience is the biggest thing that I've. Yes. I've been able to nail no matter what happens to me like I was with a friend earlier today who's had some horrible things happen to her and I was just coaching her through and giving her some skills on how she can deal with it and get through it and yep. um yeah I don't know I think that we underestimate what we're able to do in our 50s absolutely 100% especially as women we've had kids and everything's been about family or whether you haven't had them or not but at 50 it's about time to like get back into what do you really want to achieve in your life now? Oh, you that's know? so true. Mm. And that point segues really nicely to um, what do I want to be question? when I grow up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, but you're right. What you said is uh, about that, how we underestimate ourselves, which is one of the reasons why Trish and I wanted to do the podcast and we want to build this community of midlife women and and dare to be awesome, which is our, our catch cry, you know, because we are, but we, we struggle with that. And my question is... We know that midlife is a tough time, Kerry, like mentally, emotionally for women tackling perimenopause and menopause. It's a time when many of us can lose confidence because our sense of purpose, which links to our identity and sense of self-worth is changing. So what advice would you give women who are feeling that way? So someone who has enormous resilience, so you, you've exercised that, you've harnessed it, you've actioned it. What, what are some of the key things that you would say to another midlife woman, like your friend this morning, um, assuming mm. that she's similar age? Um, yes. Yeah. How to overcome thinking this way? Well, after spending some time with her and talking through what was, what was really troubling her, I just basically said to her, now that I'm leaving you, like, see you later, but I just want you to really be careful of or really be aware of your thoughts and really be aware of the words that are coming out of your mouth. Because sometimes we can, we can get really caught up in all the negativity, all the, like you started by saying, 50s can be really difficult times of our lives, right? So if you believe that, it will be. Yep. Um, if we believe that, you know, because we're having to go through menopause and, and 
things start to break down. You know, at the moment I've got a frozen shoulder as well as still a bad knee and then yesterday I cut my foot open on some oyster shells. Oh, my gosh, it's so funny. It's (laughs) like the weekly checklist. Okay, so at the moment I've got bursitis in the shoulder and... um, Plantar fasciitis in both feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that shit's going to happen anyway. Yep. But Just tick the boxes. About, tick the boxes, ladies, and move on. It's about what? It's about how you deal with it. That's yep. how. That's what matters. It, it's just about how you deal with it. And, yes, you're going to have moments, and I have my moments where I, you know, the other day I got really frustrated about everything. It was all piling on top of each other. Yes. I threw a pair of sunglasses across the kitchen and yep. broke them and, yelled a bit and cried a bit and then I was over it. Then it was yep. gone yes. and I'm like, okay, what can I do now to make myself feel better? Yep. You know, how can I how can I look after my body a bit? And I think what I learned again through the process of SAS was that I was still able to build muscle. So in those few months before I went on the show, I built more muscle than I'd had in probably fifteen years. Like wow. I built at at the age of fifty so I was fifty five going on fifty six. Yep. So I I was able to rebuild muscle. And I don't go crazy and lift heavy weights with two really bad knees, so no running. So my only cardio was walking um, and then a little bit of, I don't even know what it's called, that thing where you pull down like a, got two hands on the handles and you pull, like a ski erg. A ski erg, oh, okay, that's what yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. Like skiing, mm-hmm. yeah. So that wasn't affecting my knees. So basically I found other ways around my injuries to look after my body. And then once I started fueling my body with good food, and then I'd go for walks and listen to really uplifting music, I found everything started to just be really awesome and I got really fit and I was really happy and then I had a couple of injuries and then I, I went on the show and then I just dealt with those injuries and then locked down and there, there, la, 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 la. Every, everything starts to pile up again. It does. But it's just always starting, always reacting and, and thinking about well, what am I thinking about? Where are my thoughts today? Have what I do I need to do to reset? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually have an exercise that I can give to people out there and I call it flip it. Brilliant. Um, this is what I did literally before I went on the show SAS last year because I was really negative in my thinking about I'm too old, I'm injured, I'm not going to make it, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. So I wrote down all my negative thoughts. Then I transferred everyone into a positive. So if my if my negative thought was I'm too old to compete, or not compete because it's not a competition, no. but too old to, to go on this course, my my positive thought was changed to I'm experienced yep. and, you know, really ready mentally to, to nail this. Or 100%. Something. I'm a mum. I can do anything. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm so a woman. I can that. do anything. Even yep. if you're not a mum, exactly. you're a woman, so you know. I it and, and used whatever the negative was into a positive and then I basically printed out the whole list and it became like a mantra and I stuck yes. that list in coloured print all over my house Yep. And for the last few days leading into the day they picked me up to go on the course, I read it multiple, multiple yep. times. So it was just changing the thoughts. Instead of thinking all the bad things that are going to happen to me and how worried and, and fearful I was, I was now going, yeah, I've got it, yep. I've got it, I'm that ready. Whole kind I'm, of I'm, affirmations awesome. manifesting oh, just that positive. So work. You can yeah. say it, but you say it. You're saying it, but you've done the work as well. You know, you've got the yeah. plan, you've got the. the you've got to write it down yeah. and yeah. you've got to put it where you can see it. I'm okay. telling you, thinking about it's not enough no. because too many too many other things happen during the day. Yeah. You need to be reminded of it on another times. episode. You have to say it looking in the mirror and everyone just going to go, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just do it. I actually had the words on my mirror. So yeah. I'd yeah. be there brushing my teeth, just reading it, read yeah. it out loud. I had it next to my bed, I had it behind my computer, I had it everywhere. Yep. I was so showing it and sharing it with people. 
that really ties into mindset, doesn't it? Like that's it's really it mm-hmm. is a bit of a yeah. buzzword, but it is something that is so interesting. We're kind of always trying to work on it to improve it, and we've said a few times, and a few guests have, yep. have said it. I can't remember exactly where it comes from. If you're in your head, you're behind enemy lines. I love that. <laughs> so in your experience, um, what are some of the key components of growth mindset, particularly for, you know, women in our age? You talked about that whole flipping thing, but is there any other way we can get our thoughts serving us rather than sabotaging us? I actually mm. listened to another interview that you did and I and I loved um, that you said that you like to get your clients that you're helping with mindset to Marie Kondo their <laughs> brains. <laughs> that was brilliant. For those of you who may be living under a rock, um, Marie Kondo is the beautiful Japanese woman that declutters your home, thanks your things for giving you joy, and then throws them out. And through that process, <laughs> she is now worth over $8 million. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what that just came to me one day when I was talking with someone, and she was just throwing at me all the stuff that was going on in her life and all the things she and and she said, "I'm so overwhelmed, and there's so much going. I have to do this, and I'm pulled from pillar to post." And, and that's when I started to realise that there are people out there that really need to Marie Kondo their lives, yeah. basically get rid of the clutter. So it's about really focusing in on. So what I what I do with my coaching clients. And I call it the art of human high performance because I like to take people to the next level of their life, whatever that level is. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a gold medal, um, but it's the next happy, level of their you know, life. More content. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be satisfied and, and be and still be trying to achieve something as well. So it's high performance for, for, for their own personality and their own life. So the first thing is you've got to know what you what who you are in a sense, like What's important to you? What are your values? So if anyone's ever done a values exercise, just look up values online. You'll find a list of all these words. Print it out. Circle 10 of the, the 10 that, that come out at you and then reduce that 10 to about three and then trying to reduce that to one and really find out what drives you each and every day, what gets you out of bed, what's really important to you. I mean, I mean things like is money the most important thing? Is love the most? Is family? Is affection? Is achievement you know what is it that's important to you everyone's different um and then make sure you remember at least through those top three because those three will be the ones that help you make decisions so if you've got you know a fork in the road in your life and you don't know which way to go remember your top three values and go down the path with those values because if you're trying to do something that's against what's intrinsically important to you you're never going to succeed at it you You know it's going to be with who you are Yeah, it's always going to be a real hard slog and you're going to be disappointed and you'll probably self-sabotage, all those sorts of things. Then once you've worked that out, then start to look ahead and go, what do I want to achieve? What do I want in the next, say, 10 years? I mean, I I was coached recently for a period of time and it was really hard to think 10 years ahead, but she said, put it on a timeline, 10 years, and then she said, put your son's years and ages on the timeline and important milestones of where things sit like my son's HSC, driver's license, all that sort of stuff, and then see where it matches up with what you maybe want in your timeline. And I realized that I wanted to, what was it? I think I wanted to go to Paris for the 2024 Olympics and maybe have a bit of a holiday before or after, commentate the Olympics as I've done for so many years. 
And then I realised that that's the same time as my son's HSC. Yeah. So, oh, wow. That, yeah. And I didn't really even it didn't yeah, click. Didn't put two and, and two I, together, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So do it with your whole family yes. or any you know partner, everyone who's important to you, and have a look because that can help you plan ahead. And then start set some goals, work out what you want. And then for me, then it's you know when I'm coaching um, my ladies, it's about really then sitting down and going, okay, how are we going to get there? And so sometimes true. having to work backwards. Sometimes go. Oh, I'm a big backward mapper. Love it. Yeah. (laughs) And see, I have these conversations with my husband. We've had a great time, great life. Things have worked out well, but it's all just happened. It's all just happened. We never sat down, okay, and go, we want to do this here and we want to achieve this here and this here. But now I'm at a stage where my daughter's at boarding school, my son starts boarding school this year because we're on a farm. And I'm all of a sudden going to be not a real empty nester because kids are still young, but in that stage, it's okay, well, what do we want to achieve? We're now in our 50s and people are living longer. You know, they're living to their 80s and beyond. So what do we want to achieve in this next 20 years? Because I feel like the last 20 years just happened. Luckily for us, it was great 20 years, but it's like, what do we really want in this next 20 or 30 because slowly we're going to not be able to do as much. God willing, we will be yeah. able to if we focus on health and fitness and all of that. But it's, yeah, it's like you've time goes so fast that it's so important to sit down and go, well, this is what I want to do. And to do that, this is what we have to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard for people to actually work that out and just sit there and go, oh, okay, because your whole life's been about your family and half your family's now moved away. And it's like, oh, okay, what am I going to do now? What do I want to do? Oh, so yeah, it, so doesn't, it doesn't come easily for some people as well to work out what, and even for me, to work out what I want to do, yeah, you know, what's I'm really, really important to me. I always never know just what Just take some time. My advice, would, my advice would be just take some time to, to work that out. You don't have to rush into setting any big goals just yet and, and try a few new things. But if you do do a little bit of thinking time, just put yourself under a tree somewhere on the farm and, or, you yeah. know, if we're in the city, go to the beach and look out into the ocean, put some music in your ears and just start scribbling. Yeah. Just write down and ask yourself if there was no no money constraints, no time constraints, no physical constraints, no constraints from family or whatever, if yeah. there was nothing stopping you, what would you really want to see, do, have, yeah. be, and just scribble with, because it's really hard. As we get older, we start to get all these constraints that say, oh, no, I can't do that. Oh, no, I'm too old for that. Oh, no, I'm a girl. Oh, no, I'm this, I'm that. Yes. So just take all those away, peel them back. And, or as and you just, say, flip it and turn them into positives. Yeah, and, and we'll just free flow write. Again, yeah. I think there's so much power in writing rather than yeah. typing into a phone or a computer. So, I know, and write um, down whatever comes into your head. Brene Brown, like when you're upset, Brene Brown, are you familiar with Brene's work? Yes. She's brilliant and I love that, you know, when you are upset you write the shitty first draft. So it's like just being in that zone and writing it all out. Yeah, free writing. But doing the same with what you want to be when you grow up. love that. <laughs> because I do think, and I'm one of our other ladies that we interviewed, Kim McKay, you know, she said that very much our mother's and father's generation, the, the, the mindset was you learn, you earn, and then you retire. But now we... We just, we don't really retire. There's so much opportunity and so much to do. We're fitter and healthier that we do, we need to keep striving. You know, it's not yeah, I reckon retire, it's, I've done all of this now, I'm just going to chill out. 
mindset. Yeah, I reckon we should learn, earn, retire, and then start again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Repeat, rinse, Let's repeat, go. repeat, repeat. Yeah, exactly. Bloody yeah. washing so thing. Yeah, well done, Carrie. Yeah. Well done. Carrie, that. Some <laughs> of the people that tell us a little bit about the people that you work with. Are they, you know, sports people or everyday people? And what constitutes a big goal? Like how big are we talking for these people? So you touched on it just before. So it might just be a small goal. But for those people that are sort of aiming quite big, how big are we going? Yeah. Well, first of all, the, the people I work with, I'm, I'm generally attracting women yep. 40s and 50s at the moment. And that's who I want to work with. Not that I'm saying I don't want to work with men, but I get it being a woman yeah. and my work is from my own experience, life experience and, and sporting experiences and all that. So I can connect obviously better with women, I'm sure. And then in terms of the, the size of the goal, there's no limit really. As long as you can kind of picture it and believe, start to believe it a little bit, if there's a little bit of belief there, that's all you need to get going. You know, it might be half along your journey towards a big goal and you might go, you know what, I don't think... I've got time in my life or, or maybe maybe I'm not the right person to, to achieve this. So for me, it's six foot, wanting to be a gymnast or a jockey or something like that. You've still got to be <laughs> I, think, I don't think I'm going to be able to be a jockey either. No, yeah. I can't be a volleyball player. My height player. to weight ratio is just my, kind of not in My height's going to stop me from being a beach volleyball player. <laughs> yeah. And my well, and I would argue I would even argue that point. I would probably say it's your age maybe at this point <laughs> because it might be a little hard to make the Olympics in your fifties. Yeah. But um <laughs> And I'd I, blow a hammy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if there was some sort of drunken interpretive dance I might make it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, you know, you can still be realistic. I mean there are shorter players, both men and women, than you know, shorter than me. I'm six foot, but definitely in the women's side that have made it and have been incredibly successful at our sport. Again, like even height in a in a height sort of dominated sport. sport. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It, doesn't, it doesn't limit some people because no, they have they so much other, get up and go. other superpowers. Go on, short people. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's also really important to have a good reason why you want something. I mean, and and that's going to be your motivation because a lot of people talk about, well, you know, I was motivated for a while, but then it dropped off. And I would ask them, well, why did you want to achieve that goal? Like what what did it really mean to you? And you really got to dig into your purpose. And Natalie Mm -hmm. and I did that in the lead into the 2000 Olympics. I don't know if in researching me you saw we did a big plan called our gold medal excellence plan. Yep. And it was set out in Olympic rings. And in each of those rings, we had a different component. And in the first ring, it said our purpose. And that was all about why we wanted to win gold. So our coach set us down and he said, okay, so why do you want to win a gold medal? And we're like, hmm, because that's just the next step. We've won a few bronze or yeah. bronze yeah. in the previous It'd be really cool. Yeah, we won gold. <laughs> okay, so, but why? Um, okay, and we really started to dig down. Yeah, um, yeah. And, there were, you know, we came out with stuff like because it, we just wanted to see how far we could go. We wanted to see the world and make new friends. We wanted to increase our profile in the sport. We wanted to help motivate other people and inspire other people. So we were yeah. already thinking, we started to think of what would that gold medal mean to our lives and yeah. how would it change our lives and how would it impact other people's lives. And then we had this whole list, and it was just incredible, this list. I mean, it's definitely what drove us each and every day because if you wake up in the morning and you're sore and you're tired and you'd rather stay in bed and it's raining and cold and you've got to go and train outside, like the last thing you want to do, um, you look at this list and go, that's why I'm doing it. That's my motivation. So 
Do you ever look back at that list now and see some of those things that you set down as the reasons why and then look at your life now and go, yep. that reason is prevalent now. It's still... Everything. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like the the why now yeah. has come to life yeah. and it is still alive now all these years yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah, every time I speak on stage, so obviously I've been speaking for nearly 20 years mm. um, on stages around the country and a, a few internationals and that's really been my career like I every year I think oh I'm gonna go get a nine-to-five job do I need to get a nine-to-five no I, I get more speaking work and, yeah. yeah yeah and I just got better and better at telling the story and finding ways of really aligning it with my audience and then introducing little activities and then I introduced the glass walk where I bring like a suitcase of broken glass yeah. in and I get them to walk on that with us because that's what we did we yeah. pushed ourselves out of our comfort zone, which is a whole other story. But, yeah, so I look at that list and I talk about that plan and I have it up on the screen and I point out the one that says we wanted to do it because we wanted to inspire and lift other people's hopes and dreams and that's what I'm doing right here yeah. today. Yeah. So, that's extraordinary. Yeah, it was a big part of it. Mm. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It must be so satisfying too to see those goals matched up though, to align the goals that you set yeah. in your 20s and 30s, like leading up to the Sydney Olympics, for example, like Atlanta and then Sydney, and then to see it now as a as a 50-ish, you must get enormous satisfaction out of that, Kerry. Well, it's funny because I don't think I really set goals until I was in my 30s. I was a bit like you were saying, Trish, you know, you just kind of go to the next thing and the next yeah. thing and the next thing. And I was always just a high achiever. That got me to... So the point where I was, I went to my first Olympics, and then we in 1996 in Atlanta with Natalie, and and our goal at that Olympics was to win a medal. And this is where we have to be so careful about our language, and about how we talk about ourselves, yes. because we had a chance in the semi-final to make it through to the final, and we absolutely choked against the team we'd beaten before. So we could have, in fact, won a gold or a silver in our first Olympics in Atlanta, but we choked because we were thinking. Oh, a medal, a medal, a medal, and our goal, and it just got us to the point where we didn't know how to deal with the or what happens if we don't win, yes. and that wow. that became our thought: don't win, don't fight, or yeah. don't lose, don't don't lose, don't lose, don't lose, and we just stiffened up and and choked. And luckily, the next day we came out and we were able, we were able to salvage and get the bronze. But going into Sydney, when our coach says, "What's your goal for Sydney?" or when we were talking about it, we we were both obviously wanted the gold. We ended up deciding that that wasn't a high enough goal. We thought if we just say we want a gold medal and we end up in the final and then we choke in the final and come out with a silver, that would be the same as Atlanta, right? Right. So going into that, we decided we weren't going for a gold medal. We were going for gold medal excellence, which is what we call the plan that we put in the Olympic rings. It was like a business plan for us. And we called it our gold medal excellence plan. And that just meant that in the the last year and a half leading up to the 2000 Games. So we did this for about 18 months. We yep. did this at about 18 months out. So that last year and a half, we lived our lives as if we were already Olympic gold medalists. So we were training like gold medalists, sleeping, eating, you know, fueling our bodies, rehabilitating any injuries. We just lived our lives with the gold medal mindset and attitude and, and application. And then so by the time we got to the point where it was gold medal day, we kind of felt like we would we deserve to be there. This is it. We just got to continue through this because it's the gold medal mindset that we're after. And, you know, that's what we've been living and we'll pick up the gold medal along the way. And that's kind of how it happened. And 
that gold medal excellence has just lived in Natalie and my life ever since then. Like we, we just still look back on that plan and go, that is what we became. Yeah. We became gold medalists before. We became all the things that we had to do. So on that plan, it's not just the purpose. It's also rules and, and things that we kind of abided yeah. by. The reasons, you know, the rules that we needed, the things we had to do to beat every team in the world, and then a whole lot of characteristics that we needed to uphold in order to, to be a gold medalist. Karen, do you think that that plan, the gold medal plan, is the difference between you two doing so well post-winning the gold medal? You know, you see a lot of athletes achieve the gold and then they've reached that high and then can get very depressed or lost afterwards but whether it be planning or whether it be just way things have rolled like we talked about from you know the commentating to the mindset coaching to all of that speaking yeah do you feel that that plan the reasons the whatnot kept you on that trajectory and kept you yeah kept you in a positive place yeah because the plan wasn't about winning a game of volleyball yes yeah so and that's what most, most sports plans, you know, that's where they kind of end. Or that's where they, they end with the win and that's where they get a bit Yeah, because that's what they're, they're mainly going for. It, things are changing. You know, sports are starting to understand that it's about the individual yes. and not as – I mean, Ash Barty is a great example. If you've ever heard her coach talk about what they do, it's very similar to the mindset yes. coaching of what I do now with, with the women that I coach. And I've learned a lot through just listening to one podcast of the coach that she was working with. But it's a lot about the person you become and you can't unbecome that person no, after winning. Gotcha. It, yeah. it just kind of becomes even more part of you. It's like, wow, well, it worked. And that was what I was, that was what I was thinking the moment the ball landed out and we collapsed on the ground and we'd won the gold medal. I was just like absolutely surprised. Not surprised, but I don't know. I, I just kept thinking, oh, my God, it works. It works. Yes. Everything we do. Wow. Yeah. Where at times I thought we were doing crazy things and our sport thought we were doing crazy. We were walking on hot coals. We were walking on broken glass. We were doing yeah. blindfolded rock climbing. And back we then, riding- I mean, all of that sort of, wow. you know, I guess we've talked about the woo-woo stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> back then in 2000, that would have been considered <laughs> even up. more out there than it is yeah. now. Like now it's more accepted. I guess yeah. because they've seen people like you do it, they've seen the success, that the planning, the manifesting, all of that. And it's like that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You see somebody who's reached that success and then you model what they've done. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And it's all about just stretching your mind and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, being resilient, being able to bounce back after losses, even within a game, you know, being able to bounce back when you lose one point. I mean, if we play hundreds of points in a match and being able to, lose a couple in a row and not lose 10 in a row because your mind is still on the first two. So, you know, all that sort of stuff. We we address a lot of that stuff off the court, doing a lot of the work mindset. I mean, we did some crazy things. Like I lived in Brisbane and we'd go through this national park in Brisbane holding an egg being tied together by our wrists and blindfolded and we'd have (laughs) to follow a whistle in the dark or blindfolded, we couldn't wow. see and have to, we'd have to navigate around trees and rocks and not break the egg and stay together and like just stuff that yeah. people would have just thought were Who mental, came up with that one? <laughs> uh, so we had a success coach. His name is Kirik Ashley. He still does some work. He, I don't know how – he occasionally still does firewalk seminars, but 
Natalie actually met him. We had a bit of time apart between the Olympics where we thought we may be better in different teams. And during that time, Natalie met him at a, she just, she knew that there was something missing for her and it was mindset. So she was looking for it. And this is another thing. I think people who are successful are always seeking to be better. They're not just waiting, Uh, sitting back and going, okay, Okay. you know, identifying what they need. That's so interesting. They're not sitting waiting, they're seeking. Brilliant. Absolutely. And so she she was seeking and she was at this event and he was talking on stage and she just, yeah, after the event she came up to him and said, I'd really love you to work with me and the partner she had at the time, the the beach volleyball player, and um, she said, I've got no money and he actually agreed to work with her because he was kind of working in that area and he he saw that as an opportunity for him as well. And then very quickly Natalie changed and I could see there was a change in her and I just wanted to play with her again and we we joined up again 18 months before the 2000 games after having a season apart. It was the best thing we could have done was having a little break and then coming back together and Yep. And then he started working with us and I'm like, oh, God, now I'm going to have to do all the crazy <laughs> things that she's been doing. The woo-woo. Um, the woo-woo stuff. But I had a really open mind. I'm yeah. like, you know, bring it on. If I don't like it, I'll just put it to the side. Yeah. Um, yeah, it can't and, hurt, right? It can't hurt. Yeah. There's something in and it, it didn't, I want to yeah. yeah. And it, there was nothing about what he was doing that really made me think this is not right. It just challenged me in, in good ways. And he worked really well with our volleyball coach who was a really – great architect of the game and had a really good mindset behind him and had some Buddhism behind nice. him as well. He was, yeah. He's an African-American guy. Like, okay. yeah. I don't know where he gets the Buddhism part <laughs> from, but because it's that whole yeah. mindset, right, really that thinking. Whole spiritual, thinking yeah, influences yeah, yeah. from all and then we had a And then we had a third coach, so we needed this team, right? We got our volleyball coach, then we got our mindset coach, then we had a, a physical trainer who – was not like those guys at all. He was totally, I'd say, normal. But he was he was more like the manager. He was he did all our fitness plans, but he worked so well keeping us all together and on yeah. track. And if we were pissed off with one of the coaches. We could go talk to Phil, and he'd you know yeah. laugh and would have to carry glory. on. And yeah, what so a time. we really had a great what a time team. in but your life. Built, yeah, nice. we built a good team. Oh, we had a lot of downtime. Like there were a lot of times when Natalie and I probably wanted to punch each other in the head, but. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Actually, our producer itself. Dave says to us, like when we were planning on doing this, he goes, at one stage, at some stage during this whole <laughs> process, you will hate each other and want to punch each other in the head. <laughs> so, far, yeah. so far, so good. <laughs> Kerry, we'd love to talk to you forever, but yeah. time is flying. Um, we ask all of our guests this question. If you could go back in time, what advice would the 50-ish Kerry give the 20-ish Kerry? Interesting one. I'm going to say nothing to do with sport, nothing to do with achieving. I'm going to just say don't settle. Yes. Yeah. Ripper. (laughs) And you can take that in whatever context you want it to be in. Yeah. 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 Don't settle for for anything that you that's not quite right for you or that you're not quite happy with. Yeah. Brilliant. You're worth you're worth the best. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Kerry, it has been a huge pleasure chatting with you today. We feel it's uh, women like you who are uh, exceptional examples of just how awesome this stage of life is and are part of the growing movement to change perceptions of midlife women. So thank you. 50 Issues, there's a lot of information about Kerry's work, including her high-performance coaching on her website. So we'll put links in our show notes so that you can access this awesome woman. 
Yeah, Kerry, do you want to tell our listeners, like, if they would like to do some performance coaching, um, obviously they can go to the show notes, but where can they find you if they want some more of you? I certainly do. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Sign me Thanks. up. I'm thinking maybe I can yeah. be so amazing Thanks. when I grow up if me, she helps me. No, well, probably not a beach volleyball player, <laughs> I've worked out, but... <laughs> Oh, thanks, ladies. Look, I'm really excited about starting to work with women and um, so far I've had a lot of success with the, the women that I've worked with and, you know, really helping them determine what they want and how they're going to get there. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to work, help you work out what you what you want, what your values are, what your strengths are, set some goals and help you how to get there. And also just try and clear some of those fears and doubts. I think that's what I'm really good at, helping people clear their fears and doubts that they may not even know that are holding them back actually, but find them, clear them and kind of let them go. It's like I've got this new puppy, her name is Gigi, and when I put her lead on, she's like pulling me to get to the park. It's like, oh, she wants to go somewhere, she wants to go somewhere, I've got to get her right, I've got to get her to sit at, the, at, the, at the, the top of the street so she doesn't race across the road, you know, hold her back a little bit, let her go across the road, then I let her off the leash and off she goes. And, and that's kind of <laughs> we like We often the use that analogy, like a dog let off a leash. <laughs> so I explain myself yeah. sometimes. <laughs> well, I try and make sure that before she's off the leash, she's well fed, We've got a, a plan. We're going to the park. She knows where she's going. She's got a ball to play with. But, yeah, but I, I guess in a, in a sense I, I want to help women just find out what they want, work out how they're going to get there and support them to get there. Let them um, off the leash, Karen. Let through. them off the leash. <laughs> let them off the leash. Yeah, let yourself go. But just, yeah, you can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, yeah, the whole we'll lot. I don't really look at LinkedIn. I probably no, should. No, neither do we. <laughs> I don't think anyone would be looking for us on LinkedIn, Mel. <laughs> yet, yet. We're going to flick yeah. that around. Yeah, yeah we're going to flick that, absolutely. So that's yeah. it from us today. You can follow us on Instagram at don'tgiver50 or email us at hello at don'tgiver50.com.au. Remember our gorgeous 50 issues. Life is for living. Don't give a 50 because we are all awesome regardless of age and living is an absolute privilege. Thank you, Kerry. Thanks, it's been Kerry. such an honour. That was awesome. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.